So folks, I want to welcome you to New Church Live. I'm Senior Pastor Chuck Blair. Great to have you here joining us today as we get ready for Easter. And, and we started getting ready throughout this series. Special thank you to those folks who showed up at our little pop-up church on Thursday as we celebrated, celebrated Palm Sunday together with young families. And we offer a second pop-up church coming this Thursday. And this one we're actually inviting the whole congregation to, even though it is geared towards young families. Uh, you know, so much of church, so much of, of the Easter season is, is this understanding of, of being willing to kind of go to a place of challenge, go to a place of, you might even say darkness, but that might not even be the right word, just this place of challenge. And then that kind of sets us up to celebrate Easter Sunday. So I want to warmly invite you to join us Thursday night on Zoom. You can see the links up here. You can go onto our homepage. You can email me, text me to email or text Angela. We'll send you the link. And what we're going to do with this service is real simple. We're just going to celebrate communion together. Communion. The same root word as community. We're going to celebrate that through this wonderful, old, ancient, several thousand-year-old Christian tradition, which goes back to an even older Jewish tradition of Passover by breaking bread and, and sharing wine, juice, water together. So we hope you can join us again. That's Thursday night at 7 p.m. And if you are watching and you're a family and you'd like to actually have the kids be part of this in a very concrete, kinesthetic way, we actually have Easter kits, and all you need to do is get in touch with me or get in touch with Angela, and please do it by today or first thing tomorrow morning so it gets to you in time, so that, so that we can send out to you a little Easter kit specifically for that service. And you're able to make your own bread as part of it. You'll have a candle for the service there as well as a coloring book. So we hope you can join us Thursday at 7 p.m. And now here's Angela with a few other things going on at New Church Live. Good morning. Thank you all for being here and joining us online. We're so happy to have you here. Um, and as we were talking about our Easter traditions, we were trying to find a way to celebrate those virtually. Um, and for those who don't know, in years past, we have invited the congregation to bring Easter flowers um, to decorate our stage for Easter. And then we find an organization to donate them to. We've even gone and planted them there before. Um, so we were trying to think, how do we do that this year. So we have a couple of options for you, which I'm really excited about. If you live locally or know somebody who lives local to our, um, where we have services here in Bernathan, you can order flowers and have them delivered within a 10 mile radius. Um, we found a local, um, woman who has a florist business and she's going to be delivering them within a 10 mile radius. So you can order those and it's a nice, uh, flower arrangement. We were thinking this is a great way to spread joy and, you know, just highlight, um, people who might have been at home and quarantined for most of the year to just bring a little spring joy to their lives. Um, and then we also have partnered with an organization through some people that um, live in Michigan. And the organization's called Haven, and they house women and children who are um, getting support from abusive relationships, so they go and stay there. And they are actually at capacity right now. They have 35 rooms, and we are wanting to donate a flower arrangement for every Every person who's staying at their facility right now. Um, we've had a great response so far, and um, all you have to do is make a donation. They're $25 each, no matter which option you choose, like I said, to donate and have them delivered locally, 
or to donate to Haven, um, you just make a $25 donation and then we will either deliver those flowers locally or we will deliver them to the organization out in Michigan. Um, and it's just a great way to let people know we're thinking of them. It's been a long year. I know the people staying at Haven have probably had you know, in addition to quarantine, lots of other challenges that they've been facing. Um, and just a great way to let people know that you're thinking of them, you support them. Um, and so it's just a regular donation. You just go to our donate page and make a $25 donation per arrangement you want to send. Um, or you can go to our homepage, which is www.newchurchlive.tv and fill out the contact form, which actually gets directly to me. And you can let me know where you want the flowers donated, or if you want me to send you the link to the donation page so that we can make sure that it gets earmarked for Haven. Um, it's super simple. And like I said, just a great way to continue the Easter tradition, um, but to put a little spin on it in this, um, you know, quarantined year. So anyway, if you have any questions, you can fill out the contact form um, or you can email me if you know my email address, which is just Angela.Cooper at NewChurchLive.TV. Um, and I just am excited at this opportunity. And like I said, everyone seems to be really um, responding well to it. And it's a great opportunity. The last thing I want to mention is if you just want to make a donation to New Church Live to support all the things going on here, um, it's super simple. All you have to do is text the word New Church Live all one word, all lowercase, to 77977 and make a donation or a reoccurring donation. Um, and it's just a fun way to support New Church Live and all the things that are going on here. And we hope you'll consider making a donation um, right now. So thank you, everyone. Thanks, Angela. So folks, part of New Church Live is, is we, we try to, again, be very aware of, of the challenges that are going on out there in the world. I think that's so much about what church can be, it become, can become this place of just connecting and it's connecting over the things that are worthwhile to celebrate as well as those things that we grieve together. So today I'm sure as many of you are, you know, we've been holding over this past week thinking about the folks who were lost in Atlanta and the people who were lost in Boulder as well. And what I wanted to do was start the service a little differently. I have a dear friend, an amazing pastor, Reverend Dave Roth out in Boulder. We meet once a week online with a group of other phenomenal pastors and just talk shop. And I thought, boy, it'd be great to have Dave actually open with our opening prayer from Boulder, Colorado. So with that, let me give Dave a little ring and put him on here. Good morning, Dave. Chuck Collin. Hey, Chuck. Good morning. Dave, you want to just quick introduce yourself to our congregation here? Yeah. Hi, my name's David Roth. I'm the pastor of the New Church of Boulder Valley here in Boulder, Colorado, Lafayette, Colorado, and um, been here for 26 years. And um, used to live in Bernasse a long time ago. But anyway, that's my short bio. Married, have five kids, and Happy to be with you today. Oh. Well, great to have you here, Dave. You know, on behalf of our congregation, you know, our hearts go out to you folks out there in Boulder. And I told the congregation, Dave, that you're going to be offering a little prayer here as we start the service. So I'm just going to turn it over to you. All right. Thanks, Chuck. I want you to bow your heads with me and take a good breath and the Lord's love and light fill us as we think about our life today, this precious gift of life. 
Lord, we ask you to be with us all as we strive to be better humans, as we strive to find more love in our hearts and more use for their hands and more faith. It's been a hard week here as we experience violence, and um, we know we're not the only place that it happens to, but it's hard when it's right in your backyard and where people you know have lost loved ones. And um, so we ask you to bring comfort and peace to this world. We're all one body. We're all one human. And what hurts one hurts all. So we ask that we have the perspective to think about how we can give life and support to that body by our actions, by our choices. And Lord, we ask that you help us to turn our swords into plowshares and our spears into pruning hooks and not learn war anymore, but learn peace and wage peace in this world. Thank you for this Holy Week that's coming with uh, Easter next Sunday. Today's Palm Sunday, a day where the Lord, you rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, reminding us that you are our king, that we are here to serve and to learn of you. And we ask that you help us to lay down our own branches, our own clothing before you as a sign of our willingness to surrender our own thinking, our own ideas, and to ask them if they are in alignment with what is good and what is loving, what is wise. And Lord, help clean out the temple of our own lives, as you did in that story as well. So as we worship today, Lord, we pray that you lift us up, that you bring peace in this world and bring peace in our own hearts. And help us to be good stewards of this life that you've given us. Amen. Amen. Dave, thank you so much, brother. My pleasure. I wish peace to your congregation and uh, all the best to you today. Thank you, my friend. So with that, folks, we're going to have our first song, Welcome to New Church Live. Boy, what a beautiful song that is. And one of the interesting parts, I think, with, with, uh, from a New Church theological perspective is, is choirs have so much to teach us. Song, music, resonance, all those things I know nothing about. But these folks do. And just getting to witness that. And that's what I'm sort of hoping for today is we can just see a lot of different voices weaving here. We celebrated Palm Sunday on Thursday with a, with a pop-up church, with families, and today we're, we're continuing on with the story. And I just ask you just to think about how these stories weave like, like voices. I mean, Easter, folks, is so good. It's so filled with, with transformative insights for our lives. And, and it's not like giving us this big to-do list. It's giving us a big, this is what I am doing list from God. I want to say that again. It's not necessarily giving us a to-do list. There are things to do, obviously. It's much more God saying, this is what I am doing, and here's the list. And we can rest in that. We can find peace in that. Now, one of the things I'd ask you to think about today, and, and if you're on your phone or you have a piece of paper nearby, I'd ask you to write this out or, or email it to yourself. And that's this idea. The cup fills from the bottom up. The cup, you could say of life, the cup of life, or just the cup, fills from the bottom up. And that's what we're going to look at today. That's kind of, we're setting that intention today, and I'll wrap back around to that at the, at the end of the service, because there's a lot of different voices we're going to be looking at today. Like some services, we 
it's sort of crisp and clean and one voice. And today we'll be looking at a number of them and a number of different themes. And, and it's the kind of service I was thinking of before. You know, if you, if you ask 10 people after church what they got out of it, you're going to get 10 different answers with today's service. And that's all good because God speaks to us where we are as we are. So what I want to start with, folks, is this. I feel like in life, right, we, we and as a pastor, I'm blessed to work with this all the time. You know, seeing, seeing people as we join together in individuals, communities, relationships, where we see a shift from an old strength to a new strength. Old strength to a new strength. Now, how does that work? Well, some of the time I feel like we choose a new strength. In other words, I want to learn guitar. Don't worry, I'm not trying to learn guitar. But if I was, like, that would be choosing a new strength, and there would be a certain discipline to it. There'd be a certain freedom I'd want. I'd have to, you know, I'd have to have the right kind of freedom about what I wasn't going to do to have time to do that. That's a whole nother sermon. So some are choices. But folks, some aren't. Some of you right now who are watching this are experiencing a new strength grow, and it's not a strength you decided because it comes out of conditions you would have rather not experienced. It's not a new strength you decided on. It's coming, it's a new strength that's coming out of experiences that you would have preferred never to have experienced. And that, I think, is much more aligned to the Easter story itself. I mean, there's lots of stories in the Bible that give us kind of old strength, new strength. This is how you, these are things to do to get a new strength. And then there's the Easter story, which is old strength, new strength, but it's not a chosen journey. And Jesus was so clear about that. I mean, right from the get-go, he knew how this, he knew how this was going to end. He knew that Good Friday was coming. He knew Easter Sunday was coming. He knew all those things. He knew the story. He was really clear about that. And somehow we see this this incredibly powerful spiritual transformation. It didn't just take place for him. Again, this is God incarnate, but it it took place for us too. You know, giving us, again, think Jesus at this level. Think us at this level. It gives us a way to sort of navigate our lives, again, at a scale infinitely smaller than what Jesus was working at. It gives us a way to work through the challenges of life, to move from an old strength to a new strength. And today, I just maybe we can just like just breathe into that honoring that that is what happens with folks. They do find new strengths, even in times that are incredibly difficult and incredibly hard. So I thought just to get us started, you know, because we really like engaging our online audience and considering that is our audience these days, engaging you. And that's looking at this question, where do you wish you were stronger? Where do you wish right now that you were stronger? And what we're going to do, we're going to put a 60 second timer up. I'm going to ask you just to share that. You can either put it in the chat or you can text it to me. And if you're just listening to the service and not not watching it, just listening in earbuds, my text number is 215-740-3662. 215-740-3662. Please take 60 seconds and just think through, yeah, this is the strength that I wished, wished I had more of this particular strength. Go ahead and share.
Thank you folks for texting those in and I'll be looking at those and we'll be coming back to them towards the end of the service. And, and you know, we, we wish we were strong. And again, like think, old strength, new strength, old strength, new strength. There's a beautiful idea that nothing fails like success. <laughs> That's kind of the old strength. Like we, we figured out a way to do things and oftentimes that old way can become actually worse, worse than useless in a new environment. You want to read more about that wonderful book, Trauma and Recovery, talking about how when we go through trauma, we, we learn certain things to initially get through the trauma. Later on in life, those can actually become detriments. They can become obstacles, of course. Tennyson nailed this, I think, with this quote, our little systems have their day. They have their day and cease to be. They are but broken lights of thee, and thou, O Lord, art more than they. Beautiful, beautiful poetic quote there. You know, that, it's that idea that, that we have our systems, we have our way, we believe the world works, and, and life is so much, and I want to just honor how hard this is, uh, life is so much about seeing our little systems inevitably start to fail. Inevitably start to fail. And of course, it's so easy when the old systems, if you're like me, and the old systems start to fail, to kind of reach back and just sort of Double down, double down on the old system, but the old system stopped working. And we find that it won't bring relief. We find what maybe just barely starts to bring relief is where we start to move into a new system, a new strength. And that's the work of repentance. That's the work, again, repentance, metanoia, metanous, changing your mind. That's the work of changing our mind where we can start to see strength in a brand new way, in a brand new way. I mean, some of those ways are, are miraculous seeing a new strength. Like one, one, I was listening to Kate Bowler, big fan of Kate Bowler, wonderful, wonderful professor down at Duke University. And she was saying when she first got tenured at Duke, she wanted to look really smart. So what she did for the first like three months of her professorship is she got non-prescription eyeglasses so that she could take off her glasses to ponder a big thought. See, that's somebody who had an idea of what, it, what they thought was an old strength, you know, looking a certain way, and, and they had to get rid of that to find a new strength, and her new strength is, is sort of a disarming honesty and vulnerability that, that makes her incredibly fun to listen to because it's, it's real, because it's the way life actually is. Now, old strength, new strength. Well, how does, how does this pertain to, to what Jesus was doing? Well, well, Jesus in the Easter story, from a new church perspective, this is it in a nutshell. We, we see Jesus as the Lord God incarnate. In other words, God with skin on. And, and, and what we hold is that, that Jesus in this, Easter, in this Easter season, that he took on some of the hardest challenges imaginable essentially trying to get the world realigned. Realigned around what was good, what was true, what's useful, what lasts. What's good, what's true, what's useful, what lasts. And with that alignment, as he went through this, all kinds of resistance from all kinds of places, spiritually from hell, naturally from the Roman occupiers, you know, from his own disciples, even eventually from those people who said very with a lot of love in their heart, this is hopeless, save yourself. You know, with, with all that, we, we, we see this, this movement towards a realignment. 
And that ultimate realignment happens on Easter Sunday where the world gets set right. Where we come back to first things first. Where Jesus says, here's vengeance and anger and hatred and I'm saying no. Where I'm saying stop. And not just saying it, but literally living that. That's not a transactional form of love. That's a transformative form of love. And it's why we're here today. You know, thousands of years later, that message is echoed out so much. We are here today together to celebrate that, really. The way that happened was twofold. The cup fills from the bottom up. Why don't you hold that over here? And then kind of the big fancy theological terms are exonition and glorification. Those are huge words, way too big. The way I would phrase that so that I understand it, so you understand it, is there's an emptying out and a blessing. We get emptied and we get blessed. We get emptied and we get blessed. Folks, anyone who has lost someone near to them over the past year knows exactly what I'm talking about. You have felt that emptiness. You may still be feeling that emptiness. And at the same time, and I know this from being a pastor, people also see these little glimmers of blessing. They're just incredible. Mr. Rogers, watch for the helpers. Tiny little acts of kindness that into that empty space create these little points of light, these little stars that we start to be able to navigate by. Emptied and blessed. Jesus, again, going through it at a cosmic level, us going through it at very much a Joe and Jane bag of donuts level. But both are incredibly profound. Now today we're going to look, we're going to start out with looking at, at the old strength, you know, kind of seeing the old strength, battling it out with the new strength. Again, how this cup was filled from the bottom up. And it starts, our story starts here. Last week we looked at Garden of Gethsemane, looked at Jesus offering prayers, and then Jesus gets arrested by the Romans, gets betrayed by a kiss. And, and again, not everyone who's watching this are, is familiar with that story. And just know that Jesus got arrested and put on trial, because today we're going to look at the trial itself. So I want to read to you about the trial here. And Jesus, with the trial, is, is uh, you know, he's, he's arrested. They're, they're moving him towards the trial. And, and, you know, moving towards the trial, the arrest, like there's some sort of old strength thing going on there, and Jesus representing a new strength. And then one of his disciples, one of his 12 followers, very famously decides to pull out a sword. They're going to duke it out right there. There's an old strength thing. You're not going to arrest this guy. We're going to battle it out right here. You know, clearly grabbing onto an old strength, literally, like this old sword, this old strength. have compassion there because I think he did something that was actually logical. We're not so sure what the new strength is or even what the future is. We reach back to the strengths that we knew, the old strengths. So he reached for a sword. 
Jesus, that was about something very different. He said, behold, I make all things new. Behold, I make all things new. And that's where he has this line here, where he tells this disciple who pulled out this sword, put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him. For, for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Probably many of you have heard that quote in other places. For all who draw the sword will die by the sword. You live by the sword, you're going to die by the sword. Do you think I can't call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? Like here he's surrounded by these Roman troops and he's like, look, put the sword down. Like if, if this was the battle, if the old strength worked, I could actually call, you know, that's 1,200 soldiers right now, angel soldiers. Battle would be over. But that's the wrong battle. That's the wrong war. Jesus is talking about a different battle and a different war. So with that, he's arrested, he's taken back, he's put on trial, and that's where we, we pick up the story here. And he's put in front of these, these religious authorities. Then those who had arrested Jesus took him to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the teachers of the law and the elders had assembled. But Peter followed him at a distance, right up Peter was the one who had drawn out the sword. But Peter followed him at a distance, right up to the courtyard of the high priest. He entered and sat down with the guards to see the outcome. I think that's a very human thing to do there, too. Like, I don't want anybody to know I'm that religious. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for false evidence against Jesus so they could put him to death. But they did not find any, though many false witnesses came forward. Finally, two came forward and declared, the fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. Then the high priest stood up and said to Jesus, are you going to answer what is the testimony that these men are bringing against you? This is a key line. We're going to look at this, folks. Jesus remained silent. We're going to look at that. A lot of wisdom in there. We're going to unpack that in a second here. Jesus remained silent. The high priest then said to him, I charge you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. And this is very much Jesus. He, he sort of offers these little oblique answers. Yes, it is as you say, Jesus replied. But I say to all of you, in the future you will see the Son of Humanity. Again, flipping it from Son of God to Son of Humanity, sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One of God and coming on the clouds of heaven. A beautiful line there, folks. And that's, that's like capturing that essence of that new strength. We have silence, and we're going to talk about that because it's a different kind of silence. It's not the silent treatment. We have silence, and we have the articulation of a new vision. Maybe that silence is part of emptying out. I kind of think it is. And maybe that new vision is part of blessing. And we can see how those two move. And I want you to think about this as the, as the musicians come out for the second song. The greatest cargoes, the greatest cargoes come in over quiet seas. And I want you just to sense that as we go through the sense of that stillness as we talk about this climb towards God, it's a climb towards God. It's also, again, have to say this over and over again, it's a climb towards each other. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Mm. 
By the way, Emily will be joining us on, uh, on Thursday night. She will be leading us in song at the, at the communion service. It was fun to see her, her uh, little, little groupies showing up, you know, having, having a great time singing along with her this past Thursday night. Again, we'll have the same communion service Thursday night, 7 p.m. online. So, folks, this, you know, I, I get continually, like, amazed uh, by the congregation in so many ways. And, and, you know, just the answers, that the wisdom people have. And I want you to hear in these answers. I'm going to give you a sampling of them here. I want you to hear in these, in these voices just, just our voice. You know, where we really are, like, yearning for this new strength. I wish that I had more strength in time management. It would allow me to spend more time and energy on building and growing the awesome friendships that I have. That's beautiful. And I, I love the idea of there's what's urgent and there's what's important. And we often confuse the two. You know, urgent is a phone call. Important is, is talking to a friend. And we often confuse those two. I also, Miles also gave me an offer of drum lessons. He said, I don't need to order the guitar and, and learn on that. So thank you, Miles. Scott had this one, which I love. I wish it was stronger, standing up for the things I believe in. Yeah, and that's big. And, and you know, a note about, you know, oftentimes it's a choice to remain silent to, to avoid conflict. That happens a lot. And that is, that is really tough. And, 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 you know, we're going to look at silence in a different way. All right? We're going to look at silence in a different way because that silent one, really, really profound point. Balancing physical fitness and mental spiritual, emotional fitness, and somehow having time for both. That's, that's a big one, folks. Uh, you know, how do we, how do, we do the, the both and, both matter? Uh, relationships, beautiful. I wish I were stronger when receiving <laughs> criticism. I wish I didn't get so defensive. If you figure that one out, please let me know. <laughs> that is a really tough one. Wish I was stronger. Oh, this is a beautiful one and a heartbreaking one, right? Look, we all wrestle with this. Wish I was stronger in the face of exclusion. You know, we can, we can, we can really wrestle with that. Implementing good intentions. Returning to, to physical fitness post-transplant. Caden then goes on to say, guitar and video games. I love that. Danny, dance, Cora, piano. That's, that's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, Let's see, faith as it would soothe the headwind of fear and then elicit bravery to act. Beautiful. Strengthen my body and breath as I've never felt this fatigued in my whole life. Processing hard things. Discipline. Uh, fix your middle shirt button. Hold on, Marcus, I will get that one. Fix your middle shirt button, there we go. Strength to, strength to fix my button. And uh, I wish I was stronger with patience and calm. Beautiful. Um, you know, folks, like, like those, those pieces are, are, are really true. Like, we, we all want those strengths. I, I think all of us can listen to that and hear our little story in, in every part of those. And we all wrestle with that. And, you know, I'm thinking about Dorothy Day's beautiful quote. Like, we've all known the long loneliness. We've all known it. Some of us in way more uh, sort of strained ways than others. And we've all known it. And, and how is it that we, that we can really learn to like figure out new strengths? You know, old strengths moving in into new strengths. Well, I want you to kind of hold your problem there. And I know we got a bunch I could look up on, uh, you know, in the chat too. I'm sure some beautiful ones in there that people are wrestling with. I want you to sort of hold up that problem. And I want you to see this, like this silence thing 
and, and, and how that works, and then as well as this new vision. So silence and new vision. Now, this is the line that Jesus has, which I just, I love, love, love the line. Jesus remained silent. Jesus remained silent. So with Jesus remaining silent, with Jesus remaining silent, it's, it's, that word silent is fascinating because I, you know, <laughs> I, I work with couples all the time. I'm married myself. Let me tell you, one of the hardest things to get over as a couple is giving each other the silent treatment. One of the hardest things to get over as a couple is giving each other the silent treatment. Now, I, I, you know, again, if, if we had a full congregation here, what I would do would be I'd ask, how many of you have given someone the silent treatment? Rob Nash, how many people would answer yes? Most of them. Most of them. There'd be a few, and the only ones who aren't answering, they're lying. So, so everyone's here to be in the air, because we've all done it, right? We've all done the silent treatment. So I read that, like, oh, yeah, Jesus putting the smack down and giving them a silent treatment. I'm not answering your stupid questions. No, 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 no. That's my agenda for what I would love superhero Jesus to do. But, but what Jesus is doing is something far different here, far different. That word silent, that word silent, actually is Aramaic for this. A calm, quiet sea. Just over that for a second. It's not the silent treatment. It's a calm, quiet sea. As somebody said, you know, it's easy, again, to be, to be silent and feel like we should say something in the face of challenges, and, and clearly there are times where we need to, and, and, and so we can think like silent, not silent, we turn it into a binary. Here's Jesus somehow bringing both together in the face of challenge, in the face, really, of impending disaster for him in a certain sense to happen within just 24 hours, just standing there as a calm Silent, quiet sea. To, to me, when I think about this, I think about Jesus kind of standing in this place of a calm, quiet sea. What comes to my mind is the beginning of the Bible, story of creation. And God's spirit, Hebrew ruach, feminine spirit there. God's, God's spirit, feminine word for spirit. God's spirit, you know, is almost as a mother hen of sorts, sort of over the waters, you know, and I think of those waters as, as, yeah, God's spirit kind of breathing on those waters. I think as well of Jesus' famous line where Jesus is out with the disciples, big storm comes on, and, and he comes out and he says he stilled the wind. But just, just, let's just sit with that. Calm, quiet sea. Here is Jesus and what is coming at him our false testimonies, our lies, our slanders. What's coming at him is impending violence. What's coming at him is evil. And he calms the wind. He calms the wind. That is a beautiful way to sort of 
just to start to hold our lives, just when fear, panic, worry starts to get us gripped up, when they start to grip us, just, oh yeah, calm, silent, see. You won't find that on kind of the outside of your life. You won't find that in the circumstances in your life. I don't believe most of the time. Where do you find it then? You actually know where to find it. We find it with prayer. We find it in our hearts. We find it in our soul. We find it in our core. We find it in those things that don't change. That's why that silence, that emptying out, is not an emptying out that's like, uh, you know, it's, it's not sort of a toxic emptying out. It's, it's just emptying out to get us back to that very core of what we truly know. What each of you watching here today truly knows. And that's the place where we can just start bumping out a little bit into new strengths. I think what Jesus is saying here is, is look, you know, and you can look at it one of two ways. Either we need to lo relocate or it is being relocated for us, this flip. From the story of Peter pulling out a sword to battle it out to this idea of a calm still sea. The sword to a sea. The sword to a sea. We live in a culture that has a really challenging time understanding that there's even a decision there. I don't know where we even have, at least for me, I struggle with even having vocabulary around it. And I know it's clearly what Jesus is calling us to. So, so, so we get that, that emptying out part, we get that silence part, we get that coming down into this core. Find peace there, peace that passes, as Jesus would say, passes all understanding. And then these next words I want to share with you can become incredibly, incredibly true, like truest of true. I would tell you, take a screenshot of this. I know that you feel everything you value is slipping through your fingers, but don't clench your fists, open your hands. But don't clench your fists. Open your hands. Now, I know we have some kids watching with their parents. Let's just do that for a second. Like, let's clench our fists for a second. Right? I want you to feel what that feels like. That's the sword, by the way, the sword feeling. Now I just want you to feel what it's like to open your hands. Clench your fists or open your hands. Two very, different, <laughs> two very different views of strength, right? Something for us to think about. So what then happens, folks, with this new vision? We have this idea of, uh, you know, this, this silence. And now, now there's time for this new vision. This, this, again, the cup filling from the bottom up. And the cup starts to fill, and there's this new vision. Jesus says it very succinctly, Matthew 26, 24. You've said so, Jesus replied, but I say to all of you, from now on you will see the son of humanity sitting on the right hand of the mighty one, God. In other words, like, like 
here's Jesus, right hand of God, God's right hand, like literally this physical manifestation of God, God incarnate, that being the right hand, and coming on the clouds of heaven. Coming on the clouds of heaven. Now, why does, why does Jesus like, you know, it's, it's just so interesting, right, that this is his vision that he articulates. And it's a vision, again, he's in the middle of a trial, and you would think his vision would be some statement around, I'm innocent and I'm going to prove it to you. You're wrong. You're going to pay. But it's not. Like, of all the things he could have said there, again, a Perry Mason moment that he could have said, he, he totally diverts. And he goes, look, you're going to see the son of humanity sitting at the right hand of God. Folks, the son of humanity, that humanity, when we, when we start to fill back up, this, this idea of humanity starts to grow deeply in our lives, this idea that we find God in the crowd, that we, we find God in other people. That view of humanity is so wildly different than what they were looking for. Because all these people were religious and political professionals who saw the old strength as the only strength, as the only thing that had power. And it was based on, on, on just these, these rules and regulations and systems. All our systems have their day. And then they fade. Then they fail. And you just think of the, the, the power that was arrayed against Jesus, that was arrayed against the Lord in this situation. Here he does something just, just so different. You're going to see the Son of Humanity, God's right hand, this physical manifestation. That's what's going to change the world. That's what this new strength is. One of the things that has been nice uh, now moving through the whole vaccination process was being able just a little bit to, to touch back into service. You know, service is such a key part of this, of this congregation. And we took a load of stuff down to the city and then took some time with, with, with uh, you know, my dear friend Mary to walk around and just offer water, Gatorade, prayers, a little bit of food to, to some folks struggling with, with the possession of, of, uh, of addiction. You know, they literally feel possessed by addiction. And, you know, it's just, it just was this little thing. You know, we come up to a, to a stoplight, a man comes up to us uh, panhandling. Mary gives him a, a thing of food. She asks him his name. His name is Will. Will has a little conversation with us, just a simple conversation about the weather. In Philadelphia, you can always talk about the weather or the eagles, and you'll be good. And, and it's just this little conversation. We pull away, and Mary says, you know, he just wanted someone to talk to. He just wanted someone to talk to. Folks, it's so hard to appropriately give language, shape, and form to the holiness of that kind of moment. To the filling up that happens with that kind of thing. A little kind of thing, it happens in 12-step rooms, it happens in schools, it happens in families, it happens in these, in these little small ways. It happens in humanity. 
It's where we feel Jesus, where we feel the Lord kind of calling our humanity out of us, out there into the world. That's where it starts to fill up. That's where blessing starts to occur. And a space has been created through this silence. Again, not a punitive silence, but the silence of a calm, still sea that, that's pulled us down and in. And, and now here comes this filling up that's going to lead us outward and onward. And it's quiet. It's unnoticed. Maybe it looks like this. Beautiful sunrise that I got to watch with a dear friend. That, folks, moves us to this, to where we then become fully present to life. Again, Jesus doing it at this level, us doing it at this level. But what a beautiful, empowering model as we move from an old strength to a new strength as we start to see that the cup indeed fills from the bottom up. We find joy and blessing there. So this week, folks, I guarantee God's going to speak to you through the opportunities he puts in front of you. That's how God works. And just take that moment, again, calm, silent sea, and humanity, like how do you put those two together this week? There's a task. There's something you can do. Find God there. Move that forward. And as you move that forward, start to think about really getting ready for Easter. Really getting ready for Easter. Again, I, I would urge you to join us on Thursday night as we do communion, community together, the Holy Supper as it's known in traditional new church circles. I hope you can join us that day. Again, if you'd like to order the bread recipe in a little kit, like please text me or, or let Angela know and we'll get it to you so you have it by Thursday. Join that. And then allow Easter to just kind of take you through the rest. Joining us on Thursday, allowing it to take us through Good Friday, allowing us to take us through a, through a Saturday that was filled with waiting, and then rejoining us next Sunday as we celebrate Easter together. And friends, to close, this week, may your cup be filled from the bottom up. Amen. What we're going to do now, folks, is I'm going to offer a prayer. Then you'll have the opportunity, uh, you know, to say, say a silent prayer as well. And then we're going to have a beautiful song about that beautiful time where after the storm where we can clearly see. So please join me in prayer. Lord, thank you for your presence here today. Lord, help us to find that quiet, that stillness in our heart, not the quiet and stillness that punishes but the quiet and stillness that welcomes, that moves us from the clenched fists to the open hands, that moves us to love, that moves us to find you as the son of humanity. Like, Lord, what a, 
What an image, the son of humanity. But that's what you are, that's what God is. The son of humanity. What a miracle. Help us to live there this week. Help us to find new strengths. Or Lord, probably for a lot of us, just help. Help us to discover the new strengths that you are building in us. That's probably the way it's going to happen. Because we're too weak. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Be with us this week. Our Father, who art in the heavens, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so upon the earth. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and bring you peace and bring you home. Amen.